Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Well, hi everybody. It's great to be with you wherever you're gathering on this Sunday and really looking forward to uh, bringing this teaching, this preach to you this afternoon. I think it's going to be helpful to you, very helpful to your life in these times that we're in. Just as we get started, I, I do want to just, um, from us, just commend everybody on the front lines of uh, what's going on right now, all the, all the people who work in the area of the medical industry, uh, nurses, doctors, everybody really, uh, those in government agencies that are on the front line, we just want you to know wherever you are, whatever you're doing that's on the front line, wherever you are putting our nation and its people first, uh, making maybe yourself more vulnerable, we just want to say thank you. We just want you to know that we're praying for you and we're gr very grateful for the way you're leading the charge in this time that we're in. Uh, with that in mind, let me pray for you and, then and as I do, let me pray for uh, tonight as we come around the Bible together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for every person gathering in the room in this unique and wonderful way. What an incredible day we live in to be able to do this, God. And so I just pray where everybody is that tonight your presence would be there with them, amongst them, in Jesus' name. God, our prayer, my prayer, is that you would move powerfully in people's lives, that you would encourage, that you would build, that you would strengthen. I pray that people who have arrived at this moment fearful would lead full of faith. Pray that people who have arrived here discouraged or feeling that hope is nearly exhausted. God, that they would leave tonight with hope rising, with faith stirring, not by, Lord, the motivation of men, but by the word and the spirit of the living God. And so we commit this time to you now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we're talking about unshakable. Jesus comes to humanity with this claim. He says, there is a way that you can live unshakable even when everything is being shaken. That's a pretty big claim. Jesus comes along, he says, you can live unshakable even when everything is being shaken. Jesus says this knowing that at, at various points across history, it, it really um, continually somewhere, there is something going on that would cause people's lives to be shaken, whether it's on a personal level or a community level, a national level, or right now a global scale. Jesus says, there is a way to live unshakable in that time period. And not only that, the context of Jesus saying uh, that we can live unshakable was actually with a thought that is towards eternity. That when we step out of this life, the here and now, into the there and then, at the start of that period, everything will be shaken out. And so he says, even then, it's possible for you to know what it is to live unshakable. Here and now, to live unshakable. There and then, to live unshakable when everything is shaken out. And so he comes along and says that. So tonight is part two of how to live unshakable when everything is being shaken. I'm not here to minimise the magnitude of what's going on in the world, and I'm certainly not here to minimise what's going on for you. In fact, quite the opposite. I'm, I'm speaking to this tonight because it is going on, and yet in the midst of that, Jesus declares that we can live unshakable. Uh, as we get started... Can you acknowledge this with me today? We don't have all the answers. We can't control everything. 
in fact, some things are way beyond our control. Can, can you acknowledge that today, that, that we don't have all the answers and some things are beyond our control? We need to just acknowledge that so we can go where we're about to go. And I think this time, I, I read this morning, CNN, that, that they were saying that right now in New York City, someone is, is passing away from the coronavirus every three minutes. Might not have hit where you are yet, and uh, thank God, and it might not come like that because of what our nation and government have done. But right now in New York City, every three minutes, someone passes away from the coronavirus. In the last two weeks... 10 million Americans, 10 million Americans, more than a third of our population have lost their job. And into that, Jesus comes along and says, you can live unshakable. But as we go there, it's a reminder to us that sometimes things are beyond our control, beyond our ability to handle it, work it out. And, and yet, Jesus says, even then, we can live unshakable. Here's what he said, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, these words of his, and puts them into practice is like a wise man. They're a wise person who built their house on the rock. And the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it was built upon the rock. But everyone, so everyone who does that, that's the promise, but everyone else, he says this, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man, like a foolish person who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew, and they beat against that house, and its fall or its crash was great. Last time we started here, and we talked about everyone, and we talked about specifically Jesus' teaching, which is what he's referring to, but more broadly, it's speaking to the the canon of scripture, the Bible in its wholeness, and say, hey, if you build on this, you can be unshakable no matter what's going on. That was everyone who is a hearer and doer can live unshakable. So that's last week. You can check out the podcast for that. Now I want us to imagine this. The image is coming on the screen. I'd like you to see it's an image from the lookout um, in Tamworth, and I, I think that it's not coming on the screen. There's a glitch with our technical side of things here today. Um, so I'll try my best to explain it to you. There was an image this week that I stole from a friend of ours, Candy Tindall, uh, from her Facebook page, and it's taken from the lookout in Tamworth. And this is a space where I've been many times when I just need to get perspective, when I'm just caught in my own brain, when I'm consumed what's going on in my own life and sphere. I've driven to the lookout many, many times find a spot to hide with my Bible and pray to God. And the reason I choose that space is simply this. When you go to the lookout, when you leave, when I leave my office, when I leave my home and I go to the lookout, I look out over this city and I can see all the homes everywhere and suddenly my perspective is lifted out of you know, the smallness of my world, I've just got some fresh perspective that there are thousands of people uh, going about their business, all sorts of things going on. And not only that, when you sit in a spot at the lookout at Tamworth, not only do you see the homes, but on that lookout is the cross. And so you take in the homes and in the corner of this shot or in the shadow of the cross, you can sit and it gives another perspective to it. Not only do we step out of or zoom out of our own little world, but now we, 
Now we bring the cross into that world and the power of the cross, what Jesus did in dying for our sins and what God accomplished in raising him from the dead as we step out of our little home and take in the bigger picture and then as we move the cross into the frame and then as you step back again, the image takes in the clouds and the sky and suddenly you start to remember that God is in the midst of everything. That actually, whilst in our small little world, we can feel like this is all there is and that we're isolated and we're consumed as we step out and see that the world's a bigger place and as we step out and see the power of the cross and its potential in the human life and as we step out and see God's creation gloriously on display, we are reminded that God is in the mix of it all and that God is over it all and that perspective begins to shift things. Perspective is powerful and so... The first thought I have for you tonight in living unshakable is the unshakable, number one, live with a revolutionary perspective. Let me take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. It says, we are hard-pressed, Paul's writing, the Apostle Paul, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Then it Go to verse 13 with me. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have this same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will raise us too with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace is reaching more and more people This grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Verse 16 to 18, the same chapter. Therefore, he goes on to say, therefore, as a result of all of this, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, you could underline that, are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. Incredible. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. There's a whole lot going on in this passage of Scripture. Thank God for the Apostle Paul. Uh, And so here's some thoughts on living with revolutionary godly perspective. Number, uh, as we look, he says, we are hard-pressed on every side. Paul's got a whole lot going on, a whole lot more than maybe any of us in the rooms where we are tonight have had going on in our life we are hard pressed on every side and yet we get this hope rising in him this this standing firm rising in him this overcoming rising in him he says we do not lose heart what a great encouragement to us all at this time we we, whatever's going on we don't lose heart and then he gives some reasons why we know that the one who raised the lord jesus will raise us also We know that the one who raised Jesus from the grave will raise us also. And then finally it says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. What a big statement that is. I wonder when the last time is that that you, maybe like me, um, fixed my eyes on what is unseen, even if you're a believer today. When was the last time we fixed our eyes on what is unseen, what is eternal and not temporal? Because that is powerful in shaping our perspective and in powerful in shaping an unshakable perspective. So some thoughts on Paul. Number one, Paul's perspective was God's got me. 
He got that. I'm hard-pressed, but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but God's not abandoned me. I'm struck down, but God's ensured I'm not destroyed. Paul lives with this unshakable perspective that God's got me. He writes it like this in another place, and I love this. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Just another trial going on for Paul. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. Listen to what he says next. For I know whom I've believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. Paul says, I know, I believe, and I'm absolutely persuaded that God is able, that God is not only able, but God is willing to keep me and to keep what I've entrusted to him until that day when this life ends and eternity opens up. That's why Paul can stand in the midst of everything going on absolutely unshakable. He has no confidence in his own ability. He has no confidence in the resource in his hand. He's put no confidence in government or houses or finance or any of those things. His confidence is in the living God. His confidence is in the one he knows, in the one he believes in. He's absolutely persuaded of it in every scenario, every season, every circumstance that he finds it. And he says he is able and he is willing. Paul starts with, I know that God has got me. Paul's not shaken in suffering. He's not shaken in circumstance. He's not shaken by people when they say all things about him, all kinds of things about him, and when they abandon him. He's just not shaken. There's nothing that can shake him. I wonder what could shake you right now. Is there anything that could shake you? Or have you decided that you know in who it is you believed, you're fully persuaded of it, and you're confident that he is able to keep you until that time that God has got you, that God has got you. And how God wants to bring us to that place that we might um, live out of it. Are you a believer in him today? Well, if you are, God's got you. If you're not a believer in him yet, he, he wants to hold your future. He wants to take care of what's ahead of you from this very moment in which we stand. Number one, God's got you. Number two, Paul's perspective, God's got this. Whatever this is, he's just talking about what his, this was, that he was hard-pressed on every side. And he says, hey, but God's got this. Um, we don't lose heart because God's got this. I don't know what you're feeling right now. Maybe life's just going wonderfully well for you. You know, I know people are doing really great in this time and I know people are doing, you know, finding it challenging and then there's all of us in between who are adjusting to what's in front of us. Um, God's got you and God's got this Paul's perspective God's got me and God's got this what's going on for you right now and who's got it I mean who's really got it if you're a believer it's easy to say Jesus has got it but has he really got it because if he has we can live unshakable uh, there's this map I'm not sure if it's going to come up on the screen there's this map that was uh, to come up on the screen and it's a crossroads multiple roads leading to the same cross section and it's kind of a an image of how life is see we're moving along one road in a direction all of us you me everybody we're moving along a road and sometimes it's like Paul's life here we're not sure what's going on we're not we're the, the, the not everything makes sense you know, if you've lost your job, it doesn't make sense. If income's tightened, it doesn't make sense. We can be going along our road and it just doesn't make sense. But what you notice about the map is this not the only road leading to that same intersection, that 
cross-section where everything meets. And there's other roads coming to meet at the same place. And, and, and you know, life is like that. When God's got this, whilst we move towards that intersection, he's moving other things towards the same place and it doesn't make sense yet because we can only see in our part. But ultimately, there's things going on that are bringing us to a place that God is orchestrating, designing, working and at a given moment, it will all make sense. Let me explain the idea to you in understanding that God's got this. I'm thinking about the building that I'm standing in today. There's a group of people that started praying for this building that we're in 30 years ago when they were in a much smaller building nearby. And so they're coming along one road. They're believing for 30 years. Man, they were believing and praying before I was even a believer in Jesus. I was still a teenager. They are coming along that road. And then years later, we start planning a renovation for the building right next door to this one so that we can start to build the future. And so we're coming along this road and they're praying their way for 30 years and then there's the former owner of this building and and they start to contemplate what the future might have for them and then it might be time to move their business on and then there are so many people across our church who were giving to the renovation of the building next door and you've got all these things going on and we don't have the whole picture we're just moving in the knowledge of what we've got and then over here there's another thread not understanding any of this, there's a couple of other people who we would call kingdom-minded business people and they were banking money for a venture they weren't sure what to contribute to and they are moving along this road and they're not sure where that's headed but they know that they need to just keep building the fund as they move forward. And then, while all this is going on and we're getting ready to build the reno- do the renovation in the building next door, the builder pulls out at the last moment. And you're like, what is going on? This makes absolutely no sense. Good builder, great builder, generous builder, really good at what they do, but something happened that meant they just had to hit pause. And so now we're like, what's going on? We're moving, this, this doesn't make sense. We've raised the money, this doesn't make sense. And but we can only see the road we're moving on. I can't see anything else. And in the middle of that unfolding... The building next door, which is the building I'm in, comes for sale. And suddenly, all of these threads start to just make sense. As they all come together in a plan that God was orchestrating from a time before I was even a believer in Jesus. He was already moving something down the road of believing people. And he was already putting a thing in my heart that needed to be bumped here, like who was going to give to a building for sale, uh, that wasn't for sale and that was still occupied? Nobody. But in giving to the renovation, we prepared for this moment. And God just brings all these threads together and causes them to meet at this intersection where a miracle takes place. And then on top of that, at the very last moment, as it all begins to take shape, sitting in a church service, a person hears a prompting of God to give in another way. And suddenly, suddenly... We found ourselves in a place where you could see all these threads that had been moving together for years sometimes and it all makes sense because God has got us, he's got you and he's got this and in your life right now, 
You are just moving along a certain road. But what, what also is going on is God is bringing other things that you can't see right now. But if your trust is in him and if your hope is in him and if you're going after God and standing on his word and standing on his promises, I'll tell you what's going on. All these threads are moving towards a moment that you can't see that. And they're not meant to see it. We're not meant to understand it. We're meant to be walking in faith. And as we move towards it, God has got it in hand. I tell you today, there are people who maybe are at risk of losing their job and God's got something coming. He's, you put God first in your life. Life and God's got a plan coming, just can't see it yet. Some of you are in business and you're thinking, where is the next job coming from? And you can't see it, but God's got something moving over here and you're moving towards this. Just hold the line and hold your nerve. You can't see it yet, but it's absolutely coming because God has got you and God has got this as we stand upon his word and as we bring perspective to what's going on. Just God has got this. Jesus' name. And then third, Paul's perspective. It's about more than here, now, this. It's about more than here, now, this. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. In 2 Kings chapter 6, there's this incredible story. I'll read it to you. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 9. Thinking about the unseen perspective, thinking about that. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on guard in such places. That gives me confidence. God knows the future. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? That is what you would think. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of the officers. But Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so that I can send men and capture him. A report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. Seems like a bit of overkill for one prophet. But such is their awareness of the God of the Bible. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what are we going to do? The servant asked. And the prophet says this to him. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Perspective. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. Elisha took this young servant from quaking in his boots to unshakable in his faith. He said, hey, just God open his eyes. And sometimes it's the unseen. It's simply that God is greater than whatever is going on. Uh, his forces, the supernatural powers, yes, they exist. The supernatural powers that would be. There's a supernatural realm and God's in control. He is the one that rules and reigns over all things. God is present and at work in ways we can't see. God can supply a home where there's no way. He can supply a job where there's no way. He can cause a contract to go the favor, in the favor of you. God's at work in unseen ways when we sleep, when we wake, when we go about our business, when we've got faith to believe, and when we're struggling to believe. God is at work. So Lord, open our eyes that we might see who is with us. Um, he, he doesn't dismiss what the servant saw. It was real. 
But he says, hey, that's not all there is. There is an unseen. Paul has all hell breaking loose, but he is not shaken, but he has eyes to see the unseen. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. It says, hey, see the unseen realm and look to the unseen that is eternal. Don't fix your eyes on the temporary. The temporary will leave us shaken. The seen might leave us shaken. But the unseen, the eternal, will cause us to stand with unshakable perspective on what's going on. Temporary and eternity. Therefore, he says, we do not lose heart for our light and momentary troubles. Interesting. I wonder how light and momentary any troubles you are going through seem. But Paul, going through all hell, says... For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You know, I, just a reminder today, if you're a believer in Jesus, that this is all light and momentary. That this is soon to fade away. It's soon to pass away. And sometimes, you know, sometimes when we're in the midst of something, someone will say, well, at least I'm not as bad off as Charlie. And they will console themselves in that. But what happens if things get worse than Charlie for you? What then? What do you do? Find the next person who's worse off? What if you've got all hell breaking loose? What then? And I love what Paul does. Paul doesn't say, well, heck, I'm glad I'm better off than Billy Smith down the road. Oh, cheers. Life's all good because I'd be screwed if it was like that. No, Paul says, I'm not even thinking about how it is for anybody else. I'm not even thinking about how it is for me because when I put the lens of eternity on this, this is what I see, that these are light and momentary troubles and they're achieving for us an eternal glory, an eternal glory that outweighs them all. It's not about who we're better off then, it's about what's to come. I wonder when the last time is that you and I, you know, sent our focus to the eternal kingdom to come, the eternal king who rules and reigns in this world and in the world to come, the one who has supernatural power to get things done. You know, back in December, the world looked very different. In fact, we were in the USA on a holiday and it felt like time was moving so slow as holidays do. You know, the first two weeks, you, you feel like this is going on forever. And then suddenly it's over and you're home. And that's your life and mine. We are temporarily here. We're like an Airbnb stayover. We come in, we use a house that is not ours. It's a stewardship for a season, which is what the Bible says about life. And then after we've done our stay, we move out of that house that we've stewarded and we move on and someone else comes in. That's how this life is. It's like an Airbnb stopover. How powerful to get a, an eternal perspective on everything in our life. It helps us move through everything with a very powerful perspective. And then... As I wrap, uh, unshakable perspective is about more than meets the eye. Unseen and seen. One more thought. Paul fixes his eyes on the unseen bigger picture. And, and now I'm just stepping back from eternity to the here and now as I wrap this. And thinking about the bigger picture of the here and now. I was talking with a friend of mine, Mike Kramer, last week. And, and, and Mike mentioned to me that how might have been hard for Paul to understand the Apostle Paul when he was in lockdown, when he was in prison and when he was under house arrest. 
I wonder if he could get his mind around the importance of that. I wonder if he felt ineffective. Wouldn't you? I would. I'm like, let me, God, why am I stuck here? What can I do in prison and under house arrest? But it was those times where Paul heard from heaven. It was those times when Paul got revelation on who Jesus was. He got revelation of what the scriptures meant. And suddenly, Paul, because he only has time, because he's stuck, he has time to write the letters that become scripture. And today, we marvel at the effect. In fact, it's true to say that Paul is the most influential author of all time, in all history. Nobody even comes close to the Apostle Paul and the influence of his writings. But sitting back there, sitting under lockdown, sitting in a, under house arrest with Roman guards all around him, I wonder if his mind was able to grasp that this lockdown actually had a purpose much bigger than it. It would mean the scriptures go to the early church. It would mean that the church emerges out of the first century. It means that here today, almost every Bible passage that I've quoted to you is written by Paul because he was in lockdown and he wouldn't have understood and he would have wondered why the gospel wasn't being as effective as it could have and why he couldn't be with leaders in other places. But now in the light of everything, it makes so much sense. And your life and mine, in the middle of what might, whatever's going on for you, it doesn't always make sense. But if we would just bring perspective that says, hey, God's got my life, and so I understand there's a bigger picture here. I'm not sure what's going on, but I know God's got me, and I know God's got this, and I know there's an unseen realm, and I know that this life is temporal, temporal, but my life is eternal. And I know that whatever's going on in this life and the next, that right now circumstance has a bigger picture than it. I mightn't understand it, but I know God's got it. Let me pray for you. And I trust and hope that you will choose to be the unshakable Whatever's going on, when everything is shaking, may your faith in God stand firm and may your life and light shine in a powerful way in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everybody here today. May you help our perspective that we might see as you see. May you open our eyes to see as it really is. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.